BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Insiders wherever you get your podcasts. And everybody... In Philadelphia, 76ers, the beat. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Sixers Twitter Spaces. I'm Matt Murphy. I will be rejoined in a moment by Lauren Rosen coming off a 115-109 win for the Philadelphia 76ers in San Antonio over the Spurs. The Sixers are now 27-19. and They sweep the two-game season series from the Spurs, and would you look at that, another 30-plus point road game from Joel Embiid. He had 38. We will dive further into the stats. We will take questions. We will take comments about Joel or anything Sixers-related throughout the show today, so you can click on my avatar or Lauren's, send us a direct message or a tweet with whatever you want to talk about today. But Joel's 30-plus point game was his 12th straight road game with 30-plus points. It's an extension of his franchise record streak for 30-plus point road games. It's now at 12. The Sixers hold on. Contributions from Tobias, Tyrese, and Furkan all nearly reaching 20 points in the win. Joel takes over at the end, and they get it done. Lauren Rosen, Welcome to another Sixers Twitter Spaces off a Sixers win. Good morning to you. Good morning to anyone else on the East Coast or wherever you're listening. Thanks for being with us. But Lauren, behind Joel's 30-plus and some strong contributions from everyone else, these shorthanded Sixers without some more than a few rotation players get the job done on the road, something we've seen a lot this year. Yep. Good morning, Matt Murphy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another Twitter Spaces. So excited to do this after every Sixers win. If we are gathered here today, it means that the Sixers won last night, something we can all smile about. And like you said, Matt, the Sixers pretty severely shorthanded yesterday in San Antonio. No Seth Curry, no Danny Green, no Matisse Thibel, no Shake Milton, Paul Reed on assignment, 
So it's an interesting opportunity for the 76ers to once again come out on the road and make a huge impact with the guys that are available. So let's run through some of them, shall we? Um, 38 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists for Joel Embiid. 18 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal for Tobias Harris. Worth noting, 18 points, 11 rebounds. That's a pretty solid double-double from Tobias Harris. 18 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists for Tyrese Maxey, who is starting to look a lot more in rhythm after missing substantial time due to health and safety protocols. Furkan Korkmaz gets the start, finishes with 17 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. Charlie Brown Jr. also gets another start, the new sixer. Ends with seven points, four rebounds, an assist, and two steals. Isaiah Joe, eight points off the bench. Andre Drummond, six points, seven rebounds off the bench. And George Niang, three points, four rebounds, and assist off the bench. And usually when we run through the box score from the previous night, I don't go through every sixer that played. But in this situation, all eight of those guys we just mentioned, Embiid, Harris, Maxi, Korkmaz, Charlie Brown Jr., George Niang, Andre Drummond, and Isaiah Joe all made really important impacts that led to, of course, a Sixers win that was a little bit closer than they wanted it to be, but all wins count for the same amount of wins. The Sixers rise to 27 and 19, 17 and 9 away from the center. So, Matt Murphy, what stood out to you? Guys, thank you for sending your questions. Please, please, please send more, um, and we will start to go through those as well. Please keep the questions and comments coming. You can send us DMs with what you want to talk about, even if it's just a comment about the game or the season for the Sixers coming off the win over the Spurs. Another road win for this Sixers team, which is currently sixth in the East at 27 and 19, but the top six are all bunched up, separated by just two and a half games. The Heat and the Nets at the top right now with Miami leading Brooklyn by a half game. But... Let's. I think in terms of what stood out to me, obviously we should start with Joel and talk a little bit more about his game, Lauren. I also want to talk about Charlie Brown Jr., but let's begin with Joel Embiid. Overall, when you look at the team stats from this one, Sixers only took 16 threes. They made 44%, but that's because Joel, as an individual, took 32 shots, made 16 of his 32. That actually ties a career-high shot total in a regular season game for Joel, with 32 and 16 is one off of the most field goals he's ever made in a regular season game. So he shoots 16 of 32, not a lot of three point attempts as a team. And most of his 38 points, a lot of times he chips in more from the line. He was five for six from the line. So he was dominant from the floor in this double double effort. Those shooting totals really stood out to me, but also six assists, his passing, a huge pass late in the game to Furkan Korkmaz. So Joel's shooting numbers and his passing top two takeaways from his 38-point game for me. Hey, it's Joe Conklin. Join me for Conklin's Comedy Night at Parks Casino, the number one casino in Pennsylvania and the official local casino partner of your Philadelphia 76ers. Tune in to 76ers games for special Parks Casino offers for fans. Watch all the action on the big screens at the Liberty Bell Gastro Pub or the Beer Garden. And come see me live with comedians from all across the country in 360 at Parks Casino. Visit parkscasino.com for tickets. Must be 21 or over. Can't be Gambler. Yeah, I'll be honest, that that pass to Furkan Korkmaz at the end of the game, that was quite the eyebrow raiser for me. Love seeing the way that Joel has learned to sort of artfully and craftily handle double teams in new and interesting ways. And then shout out to Furkan, of course, for anticipating 
what was happening. We've seen that exact, not exact same look, but similar look from Matisse Thibel this year. Joel encouraging his teammates to cut more, to find to find one another more, and, and great to see that um, chemistry growing between Joel and Furkan. There was another fancy little, nifty little assist. Uh, Joel found Furk right in front of the bench in the corner uh, for three, an off-balance three-pointer from, from Furkan Korkmaz earlier in the game, but, but love to see the chemistry between those two on display last night. Uh, something I wanted to talk about when it comes to Joel Embiid's game. And thank you guys for sending in your questions. We're going to get to those in a minute. Send more, send more, send more. Um, but I wanted to talk about Joel, who is averaging more points than minutes in 2022 thus far. That's sort of a uh, buzzy headline that I've seen a few times, but it's true and it's worth discussing. So um, Stat Muse last night uh, highlighted Joel's last four games and, and the points versus minutes. So last night, of course, 38 points in 31 minutes, but the previous game, 40 points in 37 minutes. The game before that, perhaps the most impressive of all against Orlando, 50 points in 27 minutes and 32 points in 29 minutes. So four consecutive games with more points than minutes for Joel Embiid. He's doing some stuff that nobody else is doing right now out there, Matt. Big stat muse fan, huh? I mean, I, you know, when, when Stat Muse is, is doing things in a way that I enjoy, in a way that leans the way that I lean, I can be a Stat Muse fan, yes. They, they have shown the Sixers and Joel some love. I know they were not in everyone's good graces when they compared Joel and Jokic on the more advanced stat side. That's why I'm having a little bit of fun with Lauren, because in our last spaces, we praised Stat Muse, and then they tweeted something that was more pro Jokic, but Joel is the profile picture or the avatar for the stat muse account right now. So I think it's fine. And they have tweeted plenty of pro Joel and pro Sixers things over the years. Um, you talk about the first pass from Joel to Furkan, the one at the end of the first half that was followed by a Charlie Brown Jr. steal and dunk. He started his second game as a Sixer. And he provided a huge lift, the energy that he brings. We can't talk enough about it on the defensive end of the ball. He was doing a pretty good job. He, he guarded good experience for him, too. I mean, spending a lot of time on DeJounte Murray, doing a good job on certain possessions. And Murray, I mean, he gets near a triple-double in a lot of games that he plays. But the Charlie Brown Jr. steal was sort of exemplary of the defensive energy that he brings. And then I was so nervous. I didn't think he was going to get that dunk off. It was so nonchalant at the end of the first half. He's speedy. He is quick. He is athletic. He's got great hands. It's been awesome to see the way that he plays. He plays incredibly hard. He plays with such a motor and such athletic ability that this Sixers team has expressed that, that, that they need. So good for Charlie Brown Jr. for coming into a situation where he was not guaranteed any many, if any, minutes on this group. Of course, a reminder that he came in as a 10-day player who then was upgraded to a two-way contract. So that means that he'll play out at least the rest of the season with the 76ers and has made each of his minutes count. He's, he's shown his abilities to be ones that the team needs and he's been impressive all the way around. I'm seeing some questions about Charlie Brown Jr. We're going to do those. I wanted to do one more um, Joel Embiid statistic, Matt, if you would indulge me. Um, the, the streak of 30 point games, 13 of his last 14 games have been 30 plus point performances. And the only one that wasn't uh, was a double-digit victory over the Boston Celtics, where Joel ended up with 25 points, 13 rebounds, and 6 assists in 32 minutes. Certainly could have reached that 30-point mark had they needed him to. 
it's been awesome. We have been watching a historic run for Joel. Matt, when you think about what you've seen from him over the last few weeks, is there a particular performance that stands out to you? Obviously, the 50 piece was incredibly impressive. He had the opportunity to get his career high 51 points, unfortunately missed that last free throw. He, of course, very hard on himself in that moment, but tied his career high with 50 points against Orlando last week, Wednesday. But some very solid victories over this impressive stretch from Joel that has really brought the Sixers back into the hunt for anything they want in the Eastern Conference. They're going to compete as the season gets down into the nitty gritty for any of the spots in the conference. And and you got to give Joel credit for where they have arrived. Well, the Orlando game has to be it with the 50 points on January 19th. But if you want to see him dominate a team that's higher in the standings, look no further than a few days before that on the 15th in Miami. He had the 32 points in 36 minutes. We will not see him get a chance to extend this 30 plus point road streak for a while now because the Sixers actually return home for five straight home games beginning on Tuesday against New Orleans. The Lakers come to town on Thursday, but you said it. it's not just on the road. He's been getting 30 plus pretty much everywhere at this point. It's just the road streak is what everyone has been talking about. And this is fantastic basketball that we are watching. Enough cannot be said about Joel Embiid, which is why we lead off the show by talking about him again. But we do want to get to some of the questions. I know you said you had some about Charlie Brown Jr. I started talking about Charlie and he just has a good spirit about him right now. And before the Clippers game, Doc Rivers actually said he has a chance to be a great defender in our league. Another play that stood out to me from the game against the Spurs as we talk after the Sixers 27th win of the season last night in San Antonio is Charlie Brown Jr. sort of teaming up with Andre Drummond middle of the fourth quarter to blitz a pick and roll and force Murray into a backcourt violation. That's another play that really stood out to me. But let's get into some questions. Yeah, um, this one, not a question. This is something that we always have. Well, not always do, but we started doing recently. Um, The post-win Sixers Twitter spaces have become quite the international affair. And it seems that every time we do one of these, someone joins from not only a new country, but, but often a new continent. So if you guys are listening from somewhere not on the East Coast, not in the Philadelphia area. We always love to know where you're listening from. Um, I wanted to read a note to sort of start us in the in the questions and comments section of this show from Oswin. Oswin says, hi, Lauren, no questions today, but since you guys love knowing about international listeners, true. I thought I'd mention that I'm a Sixers fan from Brazil. I love the work that you guys do listening from Brazil. Thank you for listening from Brazil. That's a new one. Matt, we need to have like a bingo card of, of, of how many places we can get listeners into Twitter spaces from. Um, again, just like really special, obviously. I always get a little bit emotional when we talk about our international fan base, but awesome that we can connect with people so easily. All it takes is my phone and the Twitter app. So I guess shout out to the Twitter app uh, for making this possible and shout out to Oswin for listening from Brazil. All right. This is a question that I like. Roll call. It's a roll call. It is. Please, please, please. If you guys are listening from anywhere interesting, not that Philadelphia isn't interesting. If you're listening from Philly, please let us know because Philadelphia is the greatest city in the world. But if you are listening from somewhere that maybe hasn't been shouted out in the past, please, please, please let us know. Uh, This one comes from Alistair, Matt, and I'm going to let you think about it for a second because I want to hear your opinion. Um, Which role player do you think has the potential to step up even more to support Joel Embiid's dominance in a potential playoff run or down the stretch? Love the way that each role player has had 
uh, an opportunity this season. And that's certainly true. We talk about it all the time with the shorthanded outings last night. The Sixers, again, absent Seth Curry, Danny Green, Matisse Thibel, Shake Milton. So interesting to see who was able to step up. Guys like Isaiah Joe, guys like Charlie Brown Jr. getting those opportunities. And as the season continues, you never know where it's going to go. And Alistair also adds, by the way, as I was reading his question, um, I'm from England, love staying up until 2 or 3 a.m. watching these MB30 pieces. Okay, shout out to England. I want to know where specifically in England because I'm a big Anglophile myself, so I'm curious exactly where. We'll see if Alistair follows up. But Matt, what do you think about the question? Role players that you're looking forward to watching down the stretch this season. How are we defining role players here? Um... Non- because with so many players out last night, we could go to non-starters from last night's game, but that leaves us pretty no, picking between only a few players because no, some think, people have to have slid into the lineup. I think we should use the, the, the Danny Green method. Danny Green has been a starter throughout the majority of his career, but he considers himself a role player. He wants to be the best role player he can be, and that's something I've always admired about Danny Green. So you can be both a starter and a role player, and I think that that expands the pool a little bit for you to consider your answer. I think like watching Joel with Tyrese throughout the season is going to be interesting, but I don't think I think Tyrese is sort of a cop out answer there. He's um, maybe graduated. I That's think Joel. Yeah, but their development as a duo is something that is definitely worth watching. I mean, anytime you watch a Sixers game, you're going to see it. So just watching that over and over again throughout the season into the playoffs is going to be at the top of the list. George Niang shooting off the bench. Interested to see that in a playoff series. Just adding another another shooter and his energy in the playoffs. If we think he's intense during some of these regular season games near the All-Star break, I cannot imagine what George's energy and trash talk will be like later in the season when the games take on even more importance. Yeah, you stole my answer right out of my mouth. I am all about George Niang. I think that he is going to be a really interesting piece for the Sixers down the stretch. And we talked about, obviously, what he provides as a three-point shooter. We've seen him finish a little bit more lately as well. But I think that that intensity that we have seen, and I know we talk about it all the time, but I think it's worth continuing to shout out. George brings an intensity that this team lacks without him. And I think that that's I mean, he's just so, there's no better word for it, but he's just a little bit extra out there on the court. He always wants to talk a little bit more. He wants to celebrate a little bit more. He's excellent on the bench. He's excellent on the court when it comes to communicating, bringing intensity, bringing fuel and fire. And that's what you need in the playoffs. Not that the group will struggle to get that, but having George to inject a little bit of extra energy, I think can't be underestimated and I guess Matt you you sort of took my answer so I'll try to to vary it up a little bit I'll add Matisse Thibel to the combat to the conversation because of the way that he's grown offensively um his chemistry with Joel Embiid we mentioned it just a moment ago uh when we talked about Furkan as a cutter but Matisse growing as a cutter as a slasher finding ways to be more impactful offensively is another underrated Sixers storyline for me this season and not only finding ways to finish um, in, in creative ways, in ways that suit the team, but shooting more confidently from three as well. I think we'll see a different Matisse offensively down the stretch in, in these playoffs than what we were able to see in his first two playoff appearances. Back to um, Tyrese Maxey for a quick moment. We appreciate Mathief joining us here on the, the Twitter spaces. Again, I know we even went back and forth on the time of this thing with Mathief because they're such a loyal <laughs> listener. 
from Australia, but um, Mathief brings up three-point shooting numbers from Tyrese saying, I didn't realize this until I heard Kate say it. Tyrese has shot 52% from deep since he got out of health and safety protocols on January 12th. Are you surprised by this? Lauren, that's something that you tweeted as well. Tyrese Maxey's development as a three-point shooter, especially in recent weeks, has been noticeable. I actually looked into this a little bit last night during the game because last night was actually Tyrese Maxey's 100th career NBA game. So I was looking at some numbers through 100 games, and one of the areas that stood out was three-point field goal percentage. So he's 36% through his first 100 games, which is in the top 10 for any Sixer in their first 100 games percentage-wise from three. And that has only gone up in recent weeks and this season so it's going to continue to rise but thought that was interesting talking Tyrese from beyond the arc yeah no doubt about it and really cool I my eyebrows went up when when Kate Scott uh gave us that little tidbit again Tyrese has shot 52 percent since he got out of health and safety protocols on January 12th so a couple weeks of, of pretty lights out three-point shooting from Tyrese and if you're new here maybe you haven't heard the story if you're old here I know you'll appreciate the story again but Joel Embiid challenged Tyrese Maxey publicly right before Tyrese uh, had his time away due to health and safety protocols to shoot more threes to shoot with confidence he gave Tyrese his vote of confidence in a public setting the two of them did media availability together and Joel challenged Tyrese to shoot more threes and since then it's been off to the races the next game of course after that public challenge um, Tyrese came out and made for the first time a career high five threes on eight three-point attempts really interesting to see the way that Tyrese once again has answered the call of the big fella and then since then has really been pretty unconscious from deep he talked about Doc Rivers also challenging him to shoot more threes talking about trusting his work Tyrese of course again if you're new here you might not know this but if you're old here you do Tyrese an incredibly hard worker always in the gym Doc Rivers said that blackout days are tough days for Tyrese for those of you who don't know blackout days are days where the Sixers are encouraged not to practice whatsoever and Doc Rivers talked about it a couple weeks ago that Tyrese is someone that they have a hard time enforcing the blackout day rules on because of how much he loves being in the gym. Then fast forward a couple weeks, Doc talked about how much work Tyrese has put in from the three-point line specifically and asked him to trust his work in games and now we're seeing it. So of course, watching this part of Tyrese's game develop a welcome sight uh, to everybody, his teammates, his coaches, his fans alike. Really cool to watch him grow in this way. Absolutely. I have a question for the group. If you have a question for us or a topic, please click on our icons at the top and send me and Lauren DMs saying what it is. You can also chime in on my question here by letting us know what you think. But earlier this NBA season, fouls were a big area or what was going to be called a foul and what wasn't was a topic of discussion. And if people watched the NFL playoffs yesterday, the end of the Bills game with the Chiefs and the overtime rule. So now we're talking rules is something that everyone's talking about last night and today about how that rule should be changed and both teams should get a chance to possess the football in an NFL game in overtime. That got me thinking, what's one NBA rule that you would like to see changed? And I will kick things off. Let us know what you think. Send us a DM. Click on our icons. But mine has to do with the coach's challenge. 
And Lauren, there's a lot of areas I could have gone here, having been around the G League for now four seasons. The G League is the experimental ground for the NBA. So we actually only shoot one free throw in the G League outside of the final two minutes. I'm not going to pick something that drastic of a change, but the one NBA rule change I would like to see relates to the G League because they tried the coaches challenge out before bringing it to the NBA. They still do it now in both leagues, but you only get one coaches challenge. And if it's successful, no matter what part of the game it is, you don't get one back. You don't get another one. So I would like to see if on a successful challenge, maybe you could say if it's in the first half only as an amendment, but on a successful challenge, I would like to see teams get another chance to use a coach's challenge at a more important juncture of the game. In other words, get one back. Yeah, that's an interesting take. And I don't disagree with you. I wonder if it has anything to do with wanting to continue to speed up the game um, and not continue to have more challenges. But I, I completely agree. I do think it's it's difficult then, of course, for coaches to decide to do the coaches challenge when they know they're going to lose it, whether or not they do a good job and are successful with it. I had a hard time answering this question, Matt, because I agree with your take. And the only other one I thought of uh, was something that you've already alluded to in the G League, uh, using one free throw to um, uh, to represent the two or three free throws that you could have uh, as a player who's been fouled. I do think that that's an interesting one. It, it puts a little bit more uh, at stake for the free throw that you take first, and it also speeds up the game a little bit. I'm not saying I want to see that in the NBA, but I'm intrigued about sort of how it would change things, of course, ahead of the final two minutes of each game. If you guys have any thoughts on potential rule changes inspired by last night's NFL situation, uh, let us know what you think in the DMs. Matt, we got another message um, from an international fan. Jordan says, love watching the Sixers from Manchester, England. Also added, I love the fact that Embiid now goes coast to coast in transition. It feels like he's in his best form physically. And seeing him drive, you feel like he's going to score or create a basket every time. Coast-to-coast coast Joel Embiid, a new gift, I think, to Sixers fans in the 2021-22 season. Something I really enjoyed watching. Um, and something Doc Rivers has talked about, anyone on this team can start the offense. And, and we've seen it more than a couple of times from Joel Embiid. We have, and... When you go coast to coast, you have to cross from the backcourt into the frontcourt. And Kevin, in regard to rules changes, said they would like to see eight second rule back to 10 seconds. I'm pretty sure this was called in either the second most recent or third most recent Sixers game in Philadelphia. Correct me if I'm wrong. Eight second violation. Yeah, that's, Fairly certain that's an of interesting that. one. I mean, I think there's there's also certain calls, maybe maybe including the eight-second violation, that aren't consistently enforced. I mean, um, I was actually talking about this with a friend um, a few weeks ago, different rule changes in the NBA, and it's, it, it's not that it's a rule change necessarily, but like enforcing traveling. Is traveling actually a violation? And when? And how often? And, <laughs> and should it be? Um, that was one that, that sort of stuck out to me. But of course, then we'd be deprived of some of the best highlights that the NBA has seen over the last couple of years. Should we enforce traveling a little bit more? Um, this one's funny from Aaron. Coaches should shoot technical free throws. I saw a tweet about that uh, a couple of nights back. I do think that that would add a little extra spice to the situation. But of course, then some coaches would be at a severe advantage over others. Could be fun. Could be tough to watch. I don't really know. 
I love that. And they should wear uniforms like baseball managers. That has always tickled me. I agree. Everyone should wear the same <laughs> uniform. Why not? Bobby said, in my opinion, I think that six fouls is too many. Maybe limit it to four or five. It would limit fourth quarter fouling and play more sound defense overall. I did a college game recently and I was I almost forgot that a player fouled out when they picked up the fifth foul. Um, and that relates to my idea of getting an extra coaches challenge, because when players get in foul trouble, a lot of the time is when you will see G League coaches use their challenge. For example, if it's a key player's third foul in the first half or third or fourth early in the second half, they will use their challenge. But then if it's a controversial play late, you don't have the challenge in your back pocket, even if it was successful, which is why I want to see the ability to challenge again. It after a successful challenge. But thanks, Bobby, for giving your opinion on rule changes and maybe the idea that six fouls is too many to foul out of a game. But let's keep it rolling. I think the fact that we got this answer might mean that we're out of potential real rule changes from Jordan. I got a new rule. Instead of extra five minutes for overtime, just decide the game by a thumb war best of three. Hard disagree on that <laughs> one, but I appreciate the creativity. I appreciate the, uh, the, I appreciate the interesting take. Let's, Let's go. You know, what's crazy is that the G League overtime is two minutes. Talk about rapid fire. Seriously, that's a fact. That's a fact. I like that. I like the two minutes. But but what we don't like is a sudden death. If we learned anything uh, from the NFL situation last night, Uh, this one, not about rule changes, but from Alex, I'd like to hear more about Joel handling the double better and his intelligence on the court is not brought up enough, I think. this one from Alex, I said, and I and I agree with the with the second part. People don't talk enough about the way that Joel sees the game, and we talked about this actually on our last Twitter space. Um, but the Sixers last year, shout out to our producer Ryan McDonald for putting it together, did an in depth feature about Joel Embiid and and how he how he sees the game, how he learns the game, how he processes the game, and the work that goes in behind the scenes to developing into the player he's become. Uh, that one's on YouTube. If you search "Here They Come." Joel Embiid on YouTube, you'll find it. Um, that part of our series presented by Geico. And again, Ryan McDonald, an excellent job cutting that one, but it goes really deep into the mind of Joel Embiid and the way that he prepares for games. He watches a tremendous amount of film. He's sort of always evaluating himself, evaluating others, and figuring out where he can improve in the margins. And we've only seen that increase in the year between when that video came out last year and today so again that's here they come Joel Embiid Um, I believe it's called inside the mind of Joel Embiid or inside the process rather so go ahead and check that out Matt do you have any other questions you want to head to I can't stop thinking about Joel watching some of the greats on film and, and implementing these moves from Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and the student of the game aspect and I mean Matisse Thibel would probably criticized me for saying student of the game when he laughed at Tyrese (laughs) Maxey. It was Tyrese, right, earlier this year? It was. But either way, every time Joel has the ball now, I'm just obsessed with what move he's going to go to next that he's worked on from watching other great players do it before him. Um, 76ers for Life said their rule change would be to use FIBA rules and allow for the ball to be touched in the cylinder. I know that's a good one. Uh, Mustafa said, 
I think in FIBA, you get a technical foul for stopping the fast break with an intentional foul. I like to see that in the NBA. The, the whole concept of transition take fouls is what they're called in the G League. That is something that we probably will see next in the NBA from the G League. That is a good call out Mustafa as well. There was one more. That might be it for the rule changes, but I'm glad that people got involved with that. And you can send us questions or topics. Send us a DM as we start to wind down here on Twitter spaces after the Sixers win over the Spurs by a final score of 115 to 109. If you're listening on time, that was the Sunday night game. Now the Sixers are home for five straight games in a row. I'm really looking forward to the homestand, Lauren, and I'm sure you are too. Yep, agree. I love that um, Mathief adding, of always, the Australian take in the NBL, five fouls is the max. I think that would be an interesting one indeed. Um, and then we talked a little bit about what's ahead for the 76ers. Five-game homestand starting tomorrow hosting New Orleans. That's a rescheduled game for the 76ers. Um, and then we look ahead to host the Los Angeles the Los Angeles, wow, Los Angeles Lakers <laughs> on Thursday, the Sacramento Kings on Saturday, the Memphis Grizzlies a week from today on Monday the 31st, and the Washington Wizards next Wednesday, February 2nd. So the Sixers get an opportunity to enjoy this very cold Philadelphia winter over the next 10 days or so, uh, but some exciting opportunities to watch some good basketball. The Sixers continue to roll. They're in a pretty good spot uh, right now in terms of momentum. They've won seven of their last 10. Again, have won 17 of their away games. That's 17 for 19 on the road, but 10 for 10 at home. So an opportunity to, in 10 and 10 rather, uh, at home. So an opportunity for them to increase upon that existing record at home, which is a goal for the team, something they've expressed that they're excited to do. Right. I mean, that 500 record with five in a row, you can easily make that home record look near the top of the league because the the best teams at home right now have around 15 16 wins milwaukee's 17 and 8 at home that's in the east the western conference teams at the top have much more impressive home records phoenix is 18 and 5 at home they're also 18 and 4 on the road the phoenix suns 36 and 9 the best record in the nba golden state is 21 and four on home court in second in the Western Conference. Um, closing the loop, unless you have other questions, I have another rule change related thing, but let's sneak in any other questions related to this Sixers team or last night's game against the Spurs as well. I have two remaining, Matt. The first one, the least Sixers like question so far. Um, this one also from Mathief. I'm wondering if Lauren Rosen has made Matt Murphy watch the one and only David Attenborough yet after Matt said in his faces the other day that he's never heard of DA. Matt, do you have an update for us? I do not. Well, I have an update, but I Matt. have I have not, I should say. Come on. <laughs> what what is what is the program that I have to watch again? There are so many. Literally Google David Attenborough. I would just watch whatever's the newest because you're going to enjoy that the most from a technological and film standpoint. But um, Blue Planet, um, mm. there's Blue Planet is an excellent one. Planet Earth, obviously. And there have been different iterations of Blue Planet and Planet Earth over the last probably two decades. So please, 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 Matt, just, just check it out. Enjoy it. You're going to love it. Um, and I like that people are holding you accountable because <laughs> this is a huge hole in your content plate. 
Yeah, agree. This would have been a good weekend to do it. Now there's basically a Sixers and Bluecoats game every day coming up. So I'm not making excuses, but it's on the list. It's certainly on the list. Love it. The the last question that I had as, again, we start to move towards Sixers adjacent topics. I think this still counts, though. This one's from Mustafa, who mentions that Mustafa is from Turkey. So shout out to any of the Turkish fans that are watching. A great game last night from Furkan Korkmaz. I don't know if we gave him enough shine in this one, but just a reminder, 17 points, four rebounds, three assists from Furk, seven for 13 from the field, and three for five from deep. An impressive outing from Furkan Korkmaz last night. But Mustafa's question deals with the Big Niang Theory. Um, When is the next episode of the Big Niang Theory? I know you guys don't like this answer, but I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna say soon. The guest is someone that I know you guys are really excited about. Reveal I'm the guest. Be working. I'm not going to reveal the guest, The um, but I'm going to be editing it today. And I want to make sure uh, that you guys know that it is coming, that I do hear you. I appreciate all of the feedback. For those of you that are unaware, the Big Niang Theory is George Niang's podcast um, that he has honored me uh, with sharing the mic on the show Um, search The Big Niang Theory wherever you get your podcasts. If you don't find it, tell me because I'll make sure that we get it up on whatever platform that is. Uh, But The Big Niang Theory, an opportunity for George, who's a very talented podcaster, to get to know his teammates on a deeper level. So far, we've interviewed Furkan Korkmaz and Tyrese Maxey. Both episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts. And I do think that if you listen to Twitter Spaces, you really will love those. I mean it. I know I'm biased, but I really do mean it. I think you guys will love both of those episodes. If you haven't listened yet, that's definitely something you should add to your content plate for this week. And then once you've listened, let me know what you think. Let me know who you want to hear next. I know I said I wouldn't say who is coming next, but I'll give you a hint. He plays really good defense. So that's what you get. Um, and Charlie, Bra- Charlie Brown Jr. That would have been really quick. We would have had to turn that around really, really quick. But yes, the hint is that he is a shining defenseman. um, And I think you guys are going to love this one as well. So thank you for the question. Thank you for checking in. We're going to try to get those out a little bit more regularly and consistently. George and I are going to try to record another one this week. So we hear you. We appreciate all the positive feedback. Um, Give me negative feedback. If you want to hear more of something else, less of something else, please, please, please tell me because we make these for you guys. That, Matt, is my last question for today. I know you said you wanted to mention one more thing on your end. Yes, I do. Before that, when it comes to podcasts, it's always someone saying to follow something or subscribe. It's free. Just tell someone. If you already if you already follow the Big Niang Theory with George Niang and Lauren Rosen, and you've listened to the first two episodes and you're awaiting the next episode, just send the link to a friend, a family member, a colleague, someone. Uh, by searching yes. for the, the Big Niang Theory. And do the same thing with, with this show. If you like Twitter Spaces, they're available as podcasts. Search 76ers Insiders. Copy that link if you're already following. Send Just text it to someone. Build up build up that audience. Grow, grow the audience. You guys have been in on the ground floor, as I like to say. And spread the word a little bit. It's not a mandatory homework assignment, but it takes two seconds. And we would enjoy it, or we would appreciate it, I should say. So pretty simple process in the age of technology to to share something that you're listening to something that you enjoy so we would really appreciate that i to keep it on theme with what we've been talking about today this was a tweet i saw that i thought was really funny after the nfl game and and the whole debate over the overtime rule mina kimes said make both quarterbacks do a wordle at midfield instead mm. instead of overtime and i just wanted to ask you lauren have you started playing 
the word game Wordle yet. Boy, have I ever. One last thought before we move into Wordle time, but um, it's the holiday season may be over, but what Matt reminded me just now is that it's never too late to give the gift of the 76ers podcast <laughs> network. So please, 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 if you're a Sixers fan, if you have Sixers fans in your lives, um, this is something that Matt and I put a lot of our, our blood, sweat, and tears into. We love uh, growing and creating new podcasts, growing our existing ones, and giving you guys what you want on them. So share what your feedback with us. Share the podcasts with the ones you love. They are free. They're always available, and we want to make them what you want. So please, please, please continue sending your feedback. Um, Matt, I have been deep in Wordle land, I get really sad that I, I like, I want to play more of them. I want to have more than one per day. But then I was reading yesterday about all these um, bootleg Wordles that are coming out now that, mm. that other um, people are trying to sort of ride the, the, the successful wave that Wordle has created. And they're making um, lesser, let's say, or, or I guess, I don't know how that even works. Like, is it intellectual property that people are ripping off? I'm trying not to to dive too deep into those, but yes, I wordle I wordle daily. How about you? Have you ever not gotten one? And if anyone doesn't know, you get six tries at a five letter word. Correct. And if a letter is in the right place, it shows up as a green tile. If it's in the word but not in the correct part of the word, it shows up as a yellow tile, and you get six official entries before you're done and there's one that comes out every day i think i'm like eight for eight or something i might have missed one or two in the last week plus in terms of just doing them on it on a certain day and then it, a new one is already up but the ones i've tried it's only taken me around four tries each time and i've only had to go to the sixth try once some are definitely harder than others but have you missed any entirely yet yeah, not to brag, but I've never even had to use the sixth Ooh, try, Matt Murphy. Embarrassing and for me. And if you guys, it's very embarrassing <laughs> for you. If you guys are, if you guys are proud nerds like me, and you haven't tried Wordle yet, please do and let us know what you think. Um, as we mentioned last night, as we were publicly deciding on a time for this Twitter space, Matt and I actually have to jet because it has arrived 10:30 a.m. Guys. We love doing this with you. Please send us your questions. If you're watching the Sixers tomorrow night and you have questions, please send them during the game so we can get started a little quicker. Send them after the game, before the game. Sixers questions, Sixers adjacent questions, Wordle questions. Any questions, Matt and I want to answer them for you guys. As always, thank you for joining this. It's starting to feel like a little bit of a family reunion every time the Sixers win. Love seeing the same faces over and over again. Love seeing new faces. Love hearing where you're all from. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe or follow, rather, The Big Gang Theory and 76 Group Insiders if you want some podcasts or audio uh, fuel in between this space and the next. Matt Murphy, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I think that's going to do it, Matt. Do you yep. want to shut it down? Five in a row at home coming up for the Philadelphia 76ers. We can't wait to talk about these upcoming games with all of you. Thanks to Lauren Rosen, as always. Thanks to Julie Villanova and our whole team, our social team. I'm Matt Murphy. We will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to another Sixers Twitter Spaces. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 